Hi, my name is Spencer Thutt, and you're listening to The Voice Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first voice podcast episode of the 2015-2016 school year. I just want to start off the episode by saying a quick thank you to the editors for letting me bring back the show. I'm excited to be doing it. Uh, If you haven't heard us before, basically what we're going to do is we're going to take the things that the voice already does and get closer looks into them. So talking to students, talking to teachers, interviews, that sort of thing. It should be fun. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy. On this episode, we talked to Alec Mitchell about his review of the album, What Went Down. Then, we'll hear from art teacher Jason Lips about the stories and ideas behind his tattoos. Foles is a British alt-rock band that released their fourth album, What Went Down, in August of 2015. I spoke with Alec Mitchell about the album, looking to get deeper into the strengths and weaknesses of the record. In case people didn't read, read the review, summarize what you thought of what went down. So uh, what went down is, uh, on the whole, a very peaceful uh, piece. It's in the genre of alt-rock, Brit-rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts out um, sort of aggressively almost with what went down and into Mountain at My Gates, and then shifts tone and becomes more peaceful steadily throughout the rest of the album um, until at the end, um, which is A Knife in the Ocean, a you know, very long, drawn out, uh, very slow chorus. It's like a six minute track, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's seven minutes almost. Foles is a band that's been around since I think 2008 was their first album. They have an album called Antidotes that I actually, when I was listening to these albums for review for this for this conversation, I ended up really liking. I thought it was a good album. It's this very weird kind of like danceable punk, Brit punk. It was it's it's got a very different feel I'd, I'd yeah. say than this album. Um, and then st- steadily as you go through their career, it becomes more peaceful and reverby and more generic. Yeah. Or I, I shouldn't say generically, but mainstream alt rock. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to this. So what? What do you? What do you? Like, how does it sit with you? Opinion wise. Um, I must say I really liked um, how it was built, like the um, emotions that it was able to invoke in the listener. Like. Um, like, specifically in its very um, peaceful and brooding tone. Um, somewhat similar to what made the band uh, Coldplay or Alt-J similar in some of their songs. But I, I would say for me personally, one thing that kept me from really getting into this record, the production on this album is very murky. It's very, lots of reverb effects, very, 
uh, it feels very large. It feels, yeah. you know, like it's, it's very like, much as its album cover would suggest. <laughs> it looks so, like it was recorded underwater. Yeah, like it sounds like it too. Blurry beach at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I think emotion-wise, I think it's cool for a texture. But I, I felt like I couldn't get anything out of the slower songs either, either lyrically when they tended to be kind of generic in yeah. my opinion. Or emotionally, because it was everything was buried in the mix, you know, reverby mm-hmm. guitars over reverby synths over echoey vocals. Yeah, it's it's very sleepy almost in its composition. And I think, unfortunately, with the exception of a few tracks, that makes it very, very much meld together. And it, was, it makes one song indistinguishable from the next, which isn't great if you're trying to be memorable as yeah. an album. But that said, I think. Uh, We'll move away from the negative, and on the flip side, what are your favorite parts of this album? Like, favorite tracks, favorite moments within um, a song? One thing I really like is how what went down, the first track, um, sort of launches you into the album. It's somewhat misleading because uh, it starts out almost as like a, a heavy rock band would start out, um, building into their... Van Halen guitar solos, um, but it is a sort of a cool entrance. No, very much. It reminded me a lot of, uh, and this is probably just because it's, uh, it's a band I listen to a lot. But Queens of the Stone Age, that very, it's still alt rock, but it's got a very, it's got more driving energy to it. Yeah, it was interesting uh, how you mentioned driving energy. The uh, beat of this album actually is at somewhat fast of a tempo, but it sounds very slow. Yeah, sure, it sure doesn't feel like it for, I would yeah. say, seventy uh, percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> Given, like, I think I'll go ahead and say my favorite songs on this album were the title track "What Went Down," "Mountain at My Gates," which I thought was easily the best song on the album. Mm-hmm. It's memorable. It's catchy, and it just production-wise, it doesn't suffer from the same reverb, like just yeah. overdose. And it's the most popular. Well, I mean, there you go. Maybe there's a reason why. Something that sort of detracted from the album, um, notably in Albatross, and also in What Went Down, or um, Snake Oil, is when the lyrics sometimes just feel unoriginal, especially in What Went Down toward the end, mm-hmm. when he can't say, when I see a man, I see a lion, enough times. <laughs> that and I think uh, Give It All was my my biggest issue with the lyrics is uh, because it's such a sparse song the line uh, give me something that I haven't seen and I, yeah. I thought to myself yes I, I would like something that I haven't seen Foles please do give it to me <laughs> because I'm not getting it here overall if you had to say to someone okay I have ten dollars I want to buy a record I like rock music I like alt music is this wor- is this record worth my time I would say on the whole it's worth your time all right Hey, Alec Mitchell, thanks for talking to us. Thank you very much, Spencer. In the September issue of The Voice, 
Mr. Lips talked to some of our writers about the tattoos he's gotten over the years, and I found myself wanting to know more. He graciously agreed to sit down and share some of those stories with me. Hey, Mr. Lips. How hey, are you? Good. How are you doing, Spencer? We'll put on the artifice. The show has started. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to come talk to you today about the tattoos that you have, and because I'm curious about them and also general thoughts about tattoos. Mm. So I've grown up like liking rock and roll music and people like right. that. So a lot of my like idols as a kid have a ton of tattoos and stuff. Right. But the cultural environment I grew up in is kind of like looks down on it a little bit. Uh-huh. What do you think about that? And like how have you encountered that kind of snobbery about having tattoos? Um, not until I came to Pembroke Hill, <laughs> to be honest, because I too, um, you know, I grew up um, at least in like middle school, like in middle school, I got into like the alternative rock scene, like Nirvana and stuff like that, and um, and was already starting to hang out with the more artistically and musically inclined kids. And um, I knew some adults with tattoos growing up, but they were more like motorcycle tattoos. Yeah. They weren't like they were no, not the way I think about tattoos. No, right. They weren't like whatever. You know what I mean? Not art yeah. school tattoos. Yeah, they weren't art school tattoos exactly, and they weren't like rock and roll tattoos. Uh, and then in high school, I got involved with like the punk rock scene, and then I went to art school. And I actually was, I, I can, I was thinking about this interview coming up, and I, I vaguely remember being opposed to tattoos. And I remember, so I got my first tattoo when I was, uh, I think, a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. And I remember my girlfriend at the time being really shocked because I had like always railed against tattoos, and I thought they were stupid. I can't even really relate to that thought anymore because. Um, once you kind of cross the threshold of getting a tattoo, it becomes a lot easier to get other tattoos, you know? <laughs> You've done the one. Right, yeah. And so I think part of it had to do with, like, entering, you know, coming out of that sort of punk rock background and then entering art school where a lot of people had tattoos and even teachers might have tattoos. Um, the culture I was in, you know, supported tattoos. Right. There was no, 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 nobody I was opposed to it. And um, so it started to seem acceptable and desirable to me. Um, so, and, and it, you know, and I, until I came to Pembroke Hill, I was really still living in that sort of art school world. Um, you know, I was a uh, working artist, teaching adjunct at art schools, hanging out with other artists and musicians. And it was, I, you know, until I started at Pembroke Hill, I had never really encountered uh, a community that tattoos were sort of alien to them. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say anybody's said anything to me or made, you know, made any negative comments, but I get a lot of looks. <laughs> um, Maybe from parents more than anyone else, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the parents and some kids. Sure. A lot of times I wear long sleeve shirts when I teach because um, I find that it can be a distraction, particularly with freshmen who you know, um, are encountering me for the first time in, say, visual art. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to have a conversation with them, and they keep looking at my tattoos. <laughs> And it's just sort of awkward. Sure. So you mentioned sophomore in college was your first one. Yeah, I think so. What was the motivation for getting that? What was the thing that pushed you past the threshold of, no, I hate tattoos? Well, um, so, you know, it may have been junior year, but either way, um, I had started to uh, make some artwork concerning um, my dad and my grandfather. My my dad passed away when I was young, and then my grandfather had passed away my sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. And so I started to become sort of fascinated by um, this line of men in my family. Um, 
and the, the very different types of work we did. And anyways, I became very invested in the you know my life, my dad's life, my grandfather's life, and it it I don't know I was just engrossed in it, and so I decided to get a tattoo that was sort of a memorial to my dad. Mm-hmm. That was the first one, um, which was his his name um, just on my forearm. And you know what? I think I may have gotten that before my grandfather died, because then my grandfather died, and then I got his name tattooed next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a weird way, it was almost like an extension of my artwork. I thought of it as part of my art. I know sure. that sounds really pretentious, <laughs> and I don't really feel that way now, but at that time, I can remember feeling that way. It's college. Um, you're allowed a fair amount of pretension. Exactly. <laughs> and art school is is very pretentious, too, um, and self-indulgent, self-indulgent and whatnot. Uh, yeah, so that's what kind of broke the threshold for me, it being somehow meaningful and tied in with my main pursuit, which was making art. And then beyond that, the rest of your tattoos, were they all as meaningful or were some of them kind of like on a whim or just because you liked the look? Um, it's sort of, uh, I haven't gotten any that were just pure aesthetics per se, but there are some that are uh, have sort of intense emotional stories tied to them and some that are very whimsical. Um, well, first off, the next tattoo I got after my dad and grandpa's name uh, was a tattoo on my upper arm, which is also tied to my artwork in college. Looks like a hammer. Yeah, it's sort of a um, it's a variation on the ancient symbol of the snake eating its own say, tail. Like the Ouroboros. Yeah, the Ouroboros like. exactly, yeah. which is the symbol of you know cycles and and whatnot. And and so mine is a, a hammer that loops uh, the handle loops back into the head of the hammer, kind of seamlessly. And in the center, there's a light bulb. Um, this for me was is sort of like a symbol of creativity and the idea that ideas don't come through just sitting there and thinking about them they come through work Mm -hmm. through just throwing yourself into work and as you work with any medium whether it be clay or you know i'm sure music or whatever um it you know you may not fully understand what you're doing but through working with it it takes on meaning you start to understand what you're doing and, and meaning arises out of work and leads to more ideas essentially so that became a symbol for that process for me and this one was actually done by my, uh, done by my high school best friend who had become a tattoo apprentice. Mm-hmm. And so one time when I was back home in Indiana from college, I let him tattoo me <laughs> as practice, basically, because he had to do so many tattoos before he could become a tattoo artist. There you go. Incidentally, he never became a tattoo artist. <laughs> <laughs> that one turned out all right, at least. So, and then the, my last tattoos um, are on my left wrist. Um, so the one everybody sees now is this red dinosaur. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the one I definitely noticed first. Yeah, so I'll talk about that first and then go into the one it covers up. Um, so the red dinosaur, uh, I was uh, getting ready to move away from Philadelphia um, with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and it was when we moved to Chicago. Uh, and uh, we had some really close friends there. Um, and so when we were moving... Uh, I, I can't really explain why we all decided to do this, but we all decided to get dinosaur tattoos on our wrists. For some reason, something about dinosaurs was like a running joke, an inside joke among us, and we just did it. We all had tattoos already, so right. through uh, we had crossed that threshold where we could do kind of frivolous, whimsical <laughs> things on our bodies. Um, but the tattoo that's underneath it, uh, you can't really even see, um, but it's actually a... Uh, it's just a square of flesh tone with no borders or anything that's a slightly dif- slightly darker skin tone than my own. Mm-hmm. And that one was sort of an extension of the tattoos devoted to my dad and grandpa. 
and it was um, it was sort of a tribute to a teacher of mine in college. Uh, he was my very first uh, studio art professor. This guy Paul Sebin, uh, amazing guy, and he when I was a senior he committed suicide, and he hated tattoos, and he mm-hmm. made fun of us all. Uh, as freshmen, everybody was getting tattoos and piercings and dyeing their hair because that's what happens when people go to art school. Right. You know, first year away from home, do yeah. all the things I couldn't do. Right. And so he predicted we would all do this. And at that time, I was like, no way, tattoos are stupid. Um, but I remember him just ridiculing me after I got my first <laughs> tattoo, um, playfully so. But, anyways, he died. And I felt like I wanted to get a tattoo in devotion to him because I was sort of in that mode of thinking, but he hated tattoos. So I was trying to find a tattoo that he could, that was sort of respectful to him and almost an anti-tattoo. Sure. Well, the problem was, um, when you get a tattoo, uh, you're, you become flush, you know, where, where the tattoo is being done. And so my flush skin was darker than the ink they were using. Mm -hmm. And the tattoo artist kind of went over it too much and it created a lot of scarring. And so it looked awful. And it really bugged me. I was very self-conscious of what it looked like, and that's why I eventually covered it up. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I think last thing I wanted to ask you, let's say hypothetically, in some years, Spencer Thutt decides he wants to get a <laughs> tattoo. What, is, what would you say is major things to avoid in, in your experience? Like, what's the worst things that are so common that I definitely shouldn't do? Well, um... I think the best thing you could do uh, would be to actually work with the tattoo artist because they are artists. They're not just laborers. Mm -hmm. They want to be creatively engaged in their work. What I would do if I were to get more tattoos at this point is I would uh, come up with some types of images and ideas I might want included in the tattoo Mm -hmm. and go to the tattoo artist, not with a picture printed off the internet or even a drawing or anything, but just have a conversation with that tattoo artist, say, this is what I want. Um, find a tattoo artist who you like their work. Usually um, on the tattoo place's website, they have a portfolio and so to speak, or so forth. Um, and and let him or her design a tattoo. And it can be kind of a collaboration between the two of you. Because if a tattoo artist is excited about the work they're doing, they're going to do a better job. So it'll be better work if right. engaged in it. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And if they're just laboring away to fulfill your vision, it, it's just toil for them. And, I would that, say. and also, I think in that case, it'll, it'll never be as good as what you envisioned because you had a thing in mind already. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And you should probably avoid um, face tattoos. All right. No face tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for talking to us. I appreciate you your time. All right. Thank you. Look at your game, Thanks for listening. This episode was written and produced by me, and our music is generously provided by the Custodian of Records. Special thanks to Alec and Mr. Lips for chatting with me, to our editors, and thanks to you for listening. Until next time, I've been Spencer Thutt, and this has been The Voice Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll leave you with a quick clip of what was cut from the interviews this week. We'll see you next time.
Yeah, this is the part yeah. where it gets nervous. Yeah. <laughs> this is where it gets real. Um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are yeah. you? You had a good morning? I had a good morning, I yeah. I had here. first two periods free, so. Ooh, that's always good. Got to be up here and work on uh, sculptures instead of grading your art history test. <laughs>